Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker to France is here. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. And nothing personal, Bob, about the lawyer. No, our, our guest is, uh, <laughs> is Bob Rosebro. He's uh, uh, an attorney. <laughs> we'll make an exception. And but, but he writes, but he writes, he writes westerns. about the West and the so history that, of the West. So that's okay. So that, 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 that <laughs> absolves him of all responsibility. We'll let it go. <laughs> I pre- guys, I appreciate it. All Thanks right. for the free time. <laughs> oh, golly. Uh, let me see the uh, the book we'll be talking about. Uh, well, we got a bunch of things to talk about now with we, that, but I'm first we need uh, some housekeeping. Yeah, I got some housekeeping here. This is just uh, Western media news. Some stuff coming up or happening. Uh, they for TV manhunt the twelve day chase for Lincoln's killer is in development. It'll go straight to a series produced by Apple and Three Arts. Uh, Carl Franklin is the executive producer from the book, Carl Swanson. And Tobias Menzies has been cast as Edwin Stanton, Lincoln's uh, Secretary of State. So I'm gathering by that that he's the primary character in it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, also coming up, it's either a TV or movie, Blood and Gold, The Legend of Joaquin Marietta is in development. And it's being developed by Stryker Entertainment. From the book by Jeffrey J. Marriott and Peter Marietta, and uh, it's a historical Western epic, and that's good. Uh, Joaquin doesn't get all the news he needs. And then this is just an update on Horizon. This is uh, Territory Pictures, the uh, Kevin Costner uh, epic that he's planned for summer, and it's going to be shot around Utah, and it's going to start in August. And then the last piece is. Uh, from uh, Peter Hiller, we had him on a, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. the writer. Uh, Todd got him for us. The Life and Times of Joe Moore, iconic artist, artist of the American West, uh, has won a Publishers uh, Book West Design Gold Award in the historical and biographical category for the designer Michael, uh, I can't remember, uh, Reiner. And hey, you know, that. That's all the That's Western good. news I mean, is that, fit to do. That book was, uh, the Mora book is excellent. Oh, it, 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 great book. A, and good, a great interview we had yeah. with uh, Mr. Hiller. I call our interviews. Well, all just, our guests are wonderful. Quite, yes. They make us look good. I, <laughs> somebody's got <laughs> to. And we thank them for that. Yes, we are streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. White Stallion is a dude ranch, so uh, check it out, whitestallion.com. And... Uh, Make yourself some reservations to come. Get your dude on. Yeah, get your dude on. Come on out and have some fun. The book that we're talking about with Bob Rosebro is uh, called A Place of Thin Veil, Life and Death in Gallup, New Mexico. Now, let's do a little preface here. Bob is a Gallup, New Mexico resident. He's an attorney, but we won't hold that against him. He's a legend. (laughs) And uh, he uh, he's a writer as well. Uh, you served as mayor in 2003, is that correct? Two terms. I did. Two terms. Four-year term, 2003 to 2007. So you've had that out of your system now. <laughs> I think being mayor in Gallup can be dangerous, too. Well, well apparently later, it though. was. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's all kinds of mysteries and whatnot going on here. So tell us about A Place of Thin Veil, Life and Death of... In Gallup, New Mexico, Bob Rosebro. 
Well, you you, you mentioned uh, a dangerous place for mayors, and it's that's not a bad place to start. I was uh, I grew up in Farmington, it's about 120 miles north of Gallup, and uh, I went to University of New Mexico. And when I was a sophomore there, I was driving up into the uh, parking lot of my dorm, and a radio bulletin came on, um, interrupting regular programming. And it was uh, telling me that the mayor of Gallup dove through a plate glass window. Goodness. Uh, that the mayor had been abducted and dove out of a window to escape. Um, and uh, <laughs> It's the Wild West. <laughs> yeah, it was the Wild West. Um, it's and, a fascinating uh, story, yeah. yeah I was reading about uh, Mr. Cayuse and, uh, and his uh, cohort, and, you know, that's I, I'm... I'm Part indigenous, so I, I, I'm torn between two sides. And this was during the AIM period. I see. And a lot of young Indian bucks were, were really fired up. And apparently he, he was more than fired up because he took action. Yeah, this was this was back in 1973, March 1 of 1973. It'll be uh, next year. Will be the 50th anniversary of that. The uh, and to be honest with you, I, I kind of have sympathy with both sides. The uh, the mayor uh, was a uh, Emmett Garcia, and he was a native Galupian. Um, he had a he had a part interest in a bar that was right on the reservation boundary, and uh, he was he was no longer operating the bar, uh, but um, one of it, one of his co owners was and. Uh, Bar didn't really have a very good reputation, um, and it, it stirred up quite a controversy. Um, a, a young Indian man, um, who was also a sophomore at UNM the same year I was, um, was protesting Mayor Garcia's appointment to the UNM Board of Regents, and um, events transpired where um, he ended up with an accomplice. Um, uh, walking the mayor um, down to uh, Route 66 into a, a uh, sporting goods store. It was really wasn't uh, and by sporting goods store it was guns and rifles. Mm-hmm. It wasn't basketballs and jockstraps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sporting but, goods uh, stores of yesteryear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to hold up. You got all the ammunition and yeah. weapons in there. The uh, the mayor. Um, you know, while uh, Larry Casus, the um, the young Indian man who abducted the mayor, was distracted, he he heard a noise in the back of the store, and uh, uh, Mayor Garcia used the opportunity to um, uh, just charge the accomplice and and uh, kick the rifle um, out of his grasp, and then he he dove through the plate glass window. Uh, he, uh, the accomplice had a shotgun and discharges a shotgun and, and it had the effect of partially breaking the glass window uh, to, to help the mayor dive through. Wow. Um, and uh, so it was, and, um, I, I better, and I, guys, I could talk about this one for, for the whole hour. So keep, go, <laughs> keep, keep going, I keep going. Want, well, you know, okay. I, I just want to point out the accomplice was Bob Nakai Tene. I think that you may be able to pronounce it better than I. Right. 
Yeah, Robert Nakadene or Bob. Um, he was kind of um, uh, kind of just along for the ride. I, there's not much written about him, not much history on on what he did or didn't do. Um, he, uh, um, but once he once the uh, one of the controversies over the years has been um, whether uh, Larry Casus who. Prior to that was, this was, um, I don't know how to say this. It's, uh, he was, he was, his entire life, he was not the kind of person who ever got in trouble. Yeah. Um, and he was, was kind of a, um, a model, model student, model son, um, and something snapped, um, and something, uh, uh, caused him to, uh, is be um, take the position that he that he was going to um, kidnap the mayor. And one thing I would say is, um, I think that his plan was not to uh, kill the mayor. Um, but what he what he did, I think um, recently it's come out uh, that that his plan was to uh, basically take take the mayor up into the Cheska Mountains. Uh, north of Gallup, hide him out um, until uh, and demand, and uh, he was going to take the position that he wasn't going to return the mayor or set the mayor free until the bar that was on the reservation uh, boundary was closed down. So, was it the bar uh, that precipitated this entire incident, or was it the fact that uh, the mayor the mayor was appointed to the board of regents? And it was both. It was the bar, and the bar. I think it's. I think it's undisputed. The bar was bad. Um, okay. yeah. This is a bar that um, some people called the the beach, in terms of there were there were Navajo men, um, you know, laying unconscious in the parking lot, kind of at all times of day. And that, as the story goes, um, you know, they were sometimes laying face down, unconscious in mm-hmm. camp piles. Well, you know, growing up in Rio Dosa, we had a, a Billy the Kid liquor store, and that was the same same case with the Mescalero. You know, they'd come into town and buy a case of beer and, and go back up on the hill behind it and just, you know, drink themselves out. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a sad, it's it's sad. Any of your reservations you go to, you know, up in the, the Dakotas, they still have that same problems and drugs now, too. Todd Roberts, you spent time up in that neck of the woods. Uh, what's your take on this? Well, you know, there are a lot of crazy stories up in this corner of the world. Um, the story that Bob's just told us, I always remember the story of the the sheriff in, in Gallup uh, in Grants, New Mexico, that was found with a uh, gunshot to the back of his head in his own car behind a, a warehouse. Um with, you know, it's never been solved, that crime. And the reason it's never been solved is because no one ever wanted to investigate it. Mm. He had a lot of people that liked him, and he had a lot of other people that didn't. So, you know, there is these things go on, and it's unfortunate if you're the victim or you're related to the victim or know the victim, I guess you would say. Um, I would have to ask Bob at the same time, you know, I know a lot of people in in uh, in Gallup. Uh, I love... Uh, um, Richardson's Pawn Shop. It's one of my favorite places. My mother and I used to go in there and just walk around and goof, 
Google with our it's, eyes. But we also knew, if you know the name Leba, Pete and Tina Leba, Bob, oh, yeah. or uh, Johnny and Sharon Murphy, um, my Pete parents bought a lot of items from them both over the years. Right, right, yeah. Uh, Pete and Tina have passed away recently. Um, yes. Uh, so, and uh, are you in contact yeah, the with their sons, Larry and 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 uh, Larry and Pete Jr.? Absolutely. Yeah, I know them well. Yeah. Well, I'd love to chat friends. with you more about that after the show. But you know, Gallup's sure. a very interesting place. It also has the the El Rancho Hotel, which yeah. every major star who shot a film out there stayed in. They have the John Wayne Room and the Randolph Scott Room and the Ronald Reagan Room and. The Joel McRae room and I got it's the just bunker to France bathroom. <laughs> bunker to France bathroom. Bob, let me let me turn this back on you a little bit before we went on air. I think you said you um, worked on Hallelujah Trail. Yes, I was and, up there all summer go. on that. And so, tell me, tell me what that was like. That was what was the, it like to film a movie in Gallup? It was wonderful. You know, I was because I wanted to ask you: Are you because it was. Before your time, I'm sure before you moved to Gallup, but were you are you familiar with Constant Auto Court? It no, was, I'm not. It was a, it no. was it was on it was on one of the early you know uh, Route 66 Auto Courts, one of the first okay. in the country, and that's where a bunch of us stayed uh, because you know we were working, but uh, just but dumb cowboys working extras on it, but. Uh, because it was so cheap, that's where we stayed. But out in the courtyard area, which is where the swimming pool would have been, was uh, wrecked cars piled up about five high, and we were three cowboys to a room. And I think I think we were paying the exorbitant rate of fifteen dollars for the room for a week. Goodness. And, but the, the, the main thing, though, was I uh, I ate almost every meal that wasn't on location at Jerry's and. Uh, uh, you know, I fell in love with their red chili. I would, I want, the day before I die, I want to go into Jerry's and have a bowl of red chili because they just make the best well, in the world. Well, Bunker, how about we do it a little sooner than that? <laughs> yeah, you, really. You want me we to do die it more sooner? Than one. Well, that's terrible, Todd. You want me to die sooner? <laughs> no, I want to do it repeat repetitively. Uh, oh, repetitively. Many well, that's times, okay. way before you ever get there. Yeah. <laughs> Just enough time to where you get sick of me. Yeah. Uh, we'll drag Harry and Bob along with us as well. Hey, Bob, what's your favorite uh, restaurant there in, in Gallup? For, uh, well, Jerry, Jerry's is, um, it, it, I would say Jerry's, and I'll tell you a Jerry's story. Um, yeah. So um, um, the the Eagles, um, when they would uh, drive, drive through or east to west on uh, Route 66, um, they would, um, regularly stop in at Jerry's, and uh, it was one of the as one of the stories goes. Um, uh, Glenn Fry was in the in the restaurant at at Jerry's. It's I think that he just didn't realize the uh, protocol, but and, and actually I think it was not Glenn Fry. It was, it was Don Henley. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, he sat down at a table, not realizing that he had cut the line. Oh. And, uh, and Navajo Grandma came up and, with her fist, pounded on the table <laughs> and to let him know that he had cut the line. And he uh, apologetically jumped up and and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and went to the end of the line. But, uh, 
Yeah, you don't want to get them Navajo grandmas mad, eh? I reckon not. <laughs> All right, we got to do our first commercial break. Our guest is Bob Rosebro. He's an author. The book is A Place of Thin Veil, Life and Death in Gallup, New Mexico. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. It is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch, just north of Tucson. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Keep your hand on the desk, Gorman. I thought I told you to stay out of town. Listen, you three, I don't mind being ambushed. Sometimes I think it's fun. But I don't think it's fun when there's a lady along. This is the Voices of the West. Follow the bouncing ball there, huh? <laughs> oh, I could use you the whole show. The whistling cowboy, that's yeah. what that's all about. Welcome back, Table Friends. These voices of the or pony. Yeah, voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bucket of France, and Todd Roberts. Our guest, Bob Roseboro. The book is uh, Place of Thin Veil, Life and Death in Gallup, New Mexico. You know, I, that, that the title Bob. is intriguing because I was, you know, I, I looked it up, the Thin Veil thing, that Celtic connection. 
and it's so it is so fitting to Gallup, but I also feel like <coughs> it's kind of fitting to you because of your affinity to the San Juans, and I see a whole kind of connection there, you know, of, of not intellectual but more emotional and spiritual. <coughs> yes, um, Gallup's a, Gallup's a uh, pretty special place. It's it's um, if there's a one one aspect of the you know the Celtic tradition of thin veil is that it's uh, the veil between the material world and the spiritual world is thinner, more <coughs> permeable. But um, the the other key aspect of it is is that it's just a, a place of constant struggle, and and that is gallant. Um There's there's always a struggle going on here, and um, to be honest with you, that's. Uh, it's been difficult at times, but but boy, is it! Uh, it's a rewarding place to live. Yes, and and, and you, you can't be in Galton, New Mexico, without feeling like you're alive. So, Bob, yeah. I have to ask you. You had a great story about uh, the restaurant. Do you have any great stories or funny stories about uh, Richardson's Pawn Shop, the greatest pawn shop in the world? It is the greatest pawn shop in the world. Um, it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, amazing store, and uh, it's it's you know it's right on Route 66 downtown Gallup. Um, don't have any funny stories. It's just it's just it, that's the place to go. It's um, it's an institution. And uh, I was in there one time there. with my mom and my dad, and we were walking around, and I I wandered over to the rifles, and they had a full wall of rifles, and. And uh, I, I was standing there looking at these rifles, and there were these two very large, basically Vikings on, on motorcycles. There were two big Harleys out front, and they, were, they had long hair, and they had vests, leather vests, no shirt, big tattoos all over their arms of Indians, and so on. And, and the, a beautiful girl with them who was also adorned the same way, and... I'm standing there, and I I couldn't re I wasn't really paying attention to him. And then somebody said something, and it caught my ear. And I I started listening in on their conversation. They were speaking 100% German. They spoke no English whatsoever, and they had gotten these motorcycles and driven across the United States. And I eventually I asked them, you know, what made you come here? And they looked at and they said. The guns, the guns. <laughs> so, you know, uh, going all the way from Germany, uh, renting or buying these motorcycles, owning these motorcycles, and driving them across the United States, and they had to stop at Richardson's, like you would say, oh, we have to stop at the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know, to get back to the thin veil thing, uh, you know, part of the part of the myth of it or mythology is that there's places in the world where the other world, you know, for the, it, the American Indian, that's very much, you know... For spirit. It, it's a spirit world, yeah. and they live, they believe that spirits live with us. And, and in certain places, it is so thin that it's really easy to travel back and forth between them and even get lost between them. Mm. And New Mexico, you know, because I grew up in Redosa, New Mexico... Is a is a land of enchantment because there are so many places in New Mexico that you get that feeling. You really do. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's it, and you have to have to 
kind of live in it and experience it um, to feel it and be aware of it. But um, there, there's uh, and Mexico is a special place, which is which is not to say um, that we are not without our challenges because our challenges are very well. They're out there for the world to see. We uh, we have uh, our you know we completely have our share of problems in the world. But um, the thing I keep coming back to is is that um, when you when you live in New Mexico and my life in Gallup has been uh, that you just you 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 feel that it's all real that it's um, yeah and and, and there's never a moment when you you don't think that it's that it's not i want to share a moment with you from hallelujah trail which again kind of reinforces the thin veil thing uh one morning we were going out to location and this was one of the last pictures shot in super panavision 70 which was just another version of cinerama and we had uh two complete columns of cavalry uh, all mounted we had the whiskey wagon train, which was about 20 wagons. We had the ladies' temperance league, which was about a dozen wagons and buggies with the ladies. We had the Denver militia, which was about 40, 50 guys on foot. And we had, oh, probably close to 100 Navajo boys horseback. Now, we're heading to the location, and it's like a long procession. We were heading from base camp uh towards the railroad track, and we were going to travel along the track, make a hook back to where we were going to shoot. Just as we were reaching the railroad track, and we're kind of strung out, some are alongside, some are still coming up, along comes an Amtrak. And the people, we're looking at them, and the people on the Amtrak are looking out at us, and there's there's nothing 20th century there. It's all 19th century. And I, I had this thought, I said, I, I wonder if they think they've entered the twilight zone. And it was, but it was that kind of New Mexico moment. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> was part was part of the Hallelujah Trail field filmed out at Red Rock State Park? Well, we shot all over the place. We shot over at Lupton and then back up uh, on just a little bit east and north of Gallup there, back up in the high right. rocks. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's where I'm thinking it was. There um those red rocks are amazing and yeah. uh, and that would have been a, a perfect location for that set and you know the, the neat thing for us working on it is because it was the, the cameras were so sensitive that anything we shot in the morning we couldn't go finish it we'd have to wait till the next day because the red rocks literally changed color right and by the stuff so they would have to do two different two different days every day well, yeah. Bob, aside from being an attorney, which we won't hold against you, um, <laughs> and being an, an author, uh, you, you're also an avid uh, climber, I'm given to understand here. You've got a couple of books about uh, uh, climbing. In fact, your first one, I think, here, uh, if I'm correct, uh, The Gallup Guide, Outdoor Routes in Red Rock Country. Right, and uh, actually about 35 years ago I did a a mountaineering guide or climbing guide to the San Juans up in southwest Colorado. Um, and uh, and we have an updated edition of that actually coming out this next week. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've drawn... Uh, when, when I was a kid growing up in Farmington, I, uh, I didn't think that... Um, well, I had this concept. 
I wanted to be, um, uh, I wanted the four states of Arizona, Colorado, uh, Utah, and New Mexico to carve off the four corners and just make a state out of the four corners. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah. It would be cool. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing how different each one of those yeah. um, states, the portion of each one of those states is, but it's... Uh, it's an, the Four Corners area is a pretty amazing area. The mountains of southwest Colorado, the canyons in southeast Utah, the Navajo Reservation in northeast Arizona, and then um, northwest New Mexico with Gallup, Charcoal Canyon, and Aztec Ruins. It's a pretty amazing place. Well, you've been hiking this, according to one of the uh, sites I was reading here, you've been hiking the San Juans for 50 years. How old were you when you started? Um, I, 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 um, I was really fortunate to have a father who got, um, kind of in the middle of his life, he was sedentary and, uh, smoked a pipe and, and kind of when he was in his forties, he, uh, started running and hiking and backpacking and climbing mountains. And, uh, so I was, when I was 13, 14, um, I just started tagging along with him and, uh, and had a great great adventure with my father up in the mountains and in the canyons. That is so neat. That's the way boyhood is um, supposed to be. Yeah. Guys, one thing I would, uh, when if we get a chance, one thing I would like to talk a little bit about is um, uh, the Navajo Code Talkers. You've got, the, you've got the floor, sir. Okay. Um, you know, I, um, most of the Code Talkers, uh, of course, were Navajo, and they were uh, recruited for World War II to develop a code. And the story of that is amazing. Um, one of the things I learned that I was totally surprised about is that in World... I didn't realize it, but in World War I, um, the, the American forces used Cherokees and Choctaws. Yeah, um, back in the East. Yeah. Um, and then another little fact I learned was that Adolf Hitler... Um, knew that um, and before the onset of World War II there were 30 German anthropologists who came to the United States to study native languages <laughs> um, I, I had no idea that that was the case but Hitler was trying to preemptively apparently um, you know prevent the use of a, of a Native American language as a code yeah um, now he didn't. His anthropologist didn't get out to Navajo country, yeah. yet, um, fortunately. And uh, you know, but, I don't think they um, could have figured it out anyway. Well, you know, one of the neat there. things about the code is it's a very visual code. Yeah. You know, like the, the word right. for tank was turtle. We had uh, uh, Todd help me out here. We had uh, a friend. We had uh, Zani Gorman on the right. show. Yeah. Her father was one of the, the last code talkers still alive. And she's trying to create a, a museum there in New Mexico for her uh, for the code talkers. In fact, she lives in in Gallup. Right, and Zani's a good friend of mine, and yeah. Yeah, her father oh, Carl. Was one of my classmates. Wow. We went to Verde right. Valley School together in the seventies. Right. Wow. There's one. There's one. One story is amazing too. Is that um, there was a Navajo man from Shiprock who was. Um, was not a code talker, and um, but he was in the Philippines, 
and he was captured and he was um, in the Bataan death march and one of the crazy remarkable things about it initially the Japanese thought he was a Japanese they didn't realize that he was a Navajo and initially they um, thought he was a traitor that he um, was a Japanese who was collaborating with the American forces and they and they were uh, attempting or and they were torturing him and finally um, they realized that you know that he was Navajo and and I think during and then he was imprisoned in in Japan and they were trying to they were torturing him trying to get him to uh, break the, the code for them but he didn't know the code and the code was constructed in a way where even Navajos couldn't um, couldn't break the code I guess that begs the question of what was it about the Navajo language that was that that made this code work versus that of the Tohono O'odham or Papago at the time? It wasn't written or, down anywhere. Okay, that that's that's it, huh? Yeah, that's the main thing. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna do yeah, our completely. Go ahead. No, you, you, you let's let's take care of your business first. Well, I was just gonna you you, you go first. My business can go we're after. Real, we're real <laughs> slack when it comes to business. <laughs> okay. Um, the. Um, well, the, yes, uh, the Navajo language is just a verbal language, okay. um, and particularly at that time it was. But you know, the, in in developing the code, um, they uh, assigned, um, I, I guess, by way of um, uh, there were sixty six characters in the code, uh, sixty six characters in the code al- uh, alphabet. And um, they were based on plants and animals and minerals and even body parts. By way of an example, um, planes uh, would have um, the, the Navajo word for birds was used to yeah, describe a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, for ships, the Navajo word for fishes was used. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, but it went beyond that, and and it's and it's difficult to explain, but. Um, in some cases, it was a full Navajo word that was used, and in some cases, um, the the Navajo words for say birds, um, only the the B in birds would used was used, mm-hmm. and and that's why um, a Navajo who wasn't trained in the code when listening to it, um, or actually the the prisoner Joe Kimione. Uh, um, from Shiprock, when he was being tortured, he told the Japanese, he says, this is, it's it's Navajo words, but it's nonsense. It doesn't make sense. And that was because they were intermingling uh, uh, le- letters uh, to spell out a word and then full words intermittently. And um, they were using phonics and, and, uh, and uh, you know, you know illustrated. Good way to screw with the enemy. That's the best time ever. We're uh, on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West here streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. We'll be back right after these messages. 
Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. You've got to the count of three to say your prayers. And then I'm going to finish you off. One... This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Abel Francis' Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles, our guest Bob Rosebro. The book is called, uh, where is it here? Oh, there it is, A Place of Thin Veil, Life and Death. In Gallup, New Mexico, and our guest is Bob Rosebro. Uh, Bob, uh, you may have heard that uh, Rent-A-Hench commercial Two. there. What comes next? I don't know. Uh, the Rent-A-Hench commercial, we're, we're in need of attorney services to uh, have somebody put on retainer for when our, when, when our Rent-A-Henches get into some trouble. Our guys spend more time in jail than they do holding up stage coaches. I know, I know. So we'll, we'll, it's, we'll, it's troubling. Uh, what, what what area of law do you practice? I'm just a business lawyer. I okay. just do uh, real estate and estate planning. Yeah, well, you'll fit I, in I, right I, well. You'll fit in very good oh, with the yeah, red Oh, yeah, land <laughs> schemes and, and frauding, Water rights. frauding widows out of their North 40. Water rights and yeah. such. Oh, you, well, you, 
I want to I want to kind of stick around the San Juans for a minute because that's such a beautiful okay. part of country, and uh, from all the all the, that I've read about what you've done there, you've done you've done like God. Guiding, rock, you know, hiking, rock climbing—you know, guide. What you've haven't done you all. done? <laughs> well, you know, you—you've got to—you've got to be the San Juan man. Um. Well, I—I'm—I'm I, I'm one of many. Um. There's a lot of people who love the San Juans, and boy, I'm one of them. I've. Uh, it's a. I mean, it's the best mountain range in my opinion in Colorado. Um, yeah. you've, you've got. Um, uh, I believe it's thirteen, fourteen thousand foot peaks there, um, and some of the well, in the hardest peak in in Colorado uh, to climb in the among the among the what's called the thirteeners and the fourteeners would be Lizard Head over by Telluride, um, and that that's about as that that took me to my limit. I'll, I'll tell you that I was glad to get up and down that and. Uh, and not look back. <laughs> so, 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 is it true you climb them because they're there? Uh, no, I. It's just uh, <laughs> you know, it's a challenge, and and um, there's there's nothing, you know, it just um, it, it it pushes you to the limits of yep. you what I can do. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, uh, I've got to. I got to ask you. I know. I, I can't remember whether it was uh, Peter Tempest or Matt Payne, but he's one of them or both of them have climbed the 100 tallest peaks there. Have you climbed it all, all, all 100, or are you still a couple shy? No, I haven't. Um, and the reason I I haven't is I don't. I don't. Uh, I've only done one or two climbs outside of the San Juans in Colorado. I oh, just, okay. I just climb in the San Juans and um, and in uh, uh, on the hundred highest in Colorado, um, well over half of them are are up in other parts of Colorado that I never get to. Yeah, I like this one title for the, the book: "Climbing Colorado San Juans: A Comprehensive Guide to Hikes, Scrambles, and Technical Climbs." And that kind of explains it all. You know you, what you're doing up there, and not only that, but the view is awesome. Yeah, I was, um, um, you know, so I'm, I'm 68 now, um, and I've, uh, I've been climbing there as, as we said, for over 50 years. Um, we, uh, uh, I co-authored this, this new book that's coming out by the, uh, with from the Colorado Mountain Club is publishing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Payne and I, um, are the co-authors. Matt's up in Durango. And Matt is a, uh, he is a world-class photographer. The uh, mm-hmm. photography in this new new edition of the guide is something else, and it has nothing to do with me. It has all to do with Matt and his uh, and that that book skill at and that book comes out uh, according to Amazon. It's available May fifteenth. Yeah, this year. Get in line. Right. Order actually, your book now. Actually, free delivery. You can get free delivery. On Monday, May 16, so you can get it. Well, now this really this was an interesting really thing I come across. Uh, this is your Tony Hillerman connection. That uh, one of the characters in The Fallen Man is named after you, and that was because you helped him with information about rock climbing. So tell us more about about uh, Mr. Hillerman and, and teaching him about rock climbing. Yeah, I uh, that was that was a fun thing. I going back to. Uh, when Tony Hillman kind of was first 
becoming famous. I was uh, I was a fan of his and still am. Um, but anyway, I, I wrote him a fan letter in 1987, and uh, I was just suggesting suggested using the topic of rock climbing on Shiprock as part of a plot in one of his novels. It seemed to me that um, that it had all of the elements that would aid a plot. It had there was danger, death, dramatic landscape, and the conflict between Navajo people and non-Navajo people. Um, there were many people climbed Shiprock. Um, but but uh, we're not supposed to, um, you know. Climbing Shiprock was was prohibited uh, by the by the Navajos, but, but you know climbers persisted. Um, so um, Tony Hillman got back to me right away, and he said he was interested that it would be um, that he was just booked up on plots, and and uh, once he finished the plots he'd already was working on, he would get back to me and. And then eight years later, he did. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a memory, huh? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, he called me in the middle. Of, not, I, my memory is it was in the middle of the night, but it wasn't. It was more like 9 or 9.30 or 10. Mm-hmm. I was almost in bed. Um, but anyway, he developed a, a plot and uh, and incorporated me in it. Um, and I, I helped him just with a lot of the... Uh, technique of rock climbing and, and what rock climbing on shiprock was like and what, what it would involve the risks and dangers of it. So you were and, a uh, good guy, not a henchman. <laughs> right. right. So, but, so, uh, so Bob, when you ran for mayor and served your terms, uh, did you have any thoughts about, my God, I hope this doesn't happen to me, what happened to the previous mayor? Uh, did that ever cross your mind? You know, yeah, that's interesting. No, it didn't. Um, I, I never, I never felt physically. Well, I take that back. I take that back. Um, yeah, there was a time, um, actually, um, when, uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I was, I was trying to uh, crack down and and file some nuisance suits on uh, two or three of the of the problem bars in Gallup. And um, and I did get some threats at that time, and I and and um, and I did and I did feel that my family was threatened. Wow! Um, but anyway, it's like, an under, uh, like the underworld there, yeah. or the Clantons, for oh, God's sake! Oh, it's <laughs> it's a strange world over there. Hey, we uh, got to uh, go ahead. Oh, with those, I was just going to go kind of. Move over for a second for another topic. So if you want to do a break, let's do this. Yeah, let's uh, do that early. We'll take our uh, last break early here. We're live streaming uh, Namo Francie's Voices of the West from the White Stallion Ranch. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. Our guest is Bob Rosebro. The book is A Place of Thin Veil, Life and Death in Gallup, New Mexico. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horses Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horses Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horses Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horsesatoroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horsesatoroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. We've got to get the judge and Jim Bannister out of this community or we're out of luck. The only place in the town is doing any business is the jail and most of my men are in it. This is the Voices of the West. to another edition of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. We're just having a load of fun here. Live streaming from the White Stallion Ranch talking about a Place of Thin Veil, Life and Death in Gallup, New Mexico with uh, Bob Rosebro, the author. And uh, unfortunately, we're almost out of time, but yeah. that's something well, there, Well, you Bunker. know, I almost jumped up well, and square danced with that last Wait a second. Uh, t- let Todd get in there. Maybe Bob could tell us if maybe he doesn't have one, but maybe he does. Do you have any stories about the El Rancho, my favorite hotel? Ah. Um, well, it's, um, 
it's supposed to be haunted. Ooh, That's what I'm told. Yeah. Um, I, nice. I, I've, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say I've never spent a night in the El Rancho. Um, scared? But it's on my buck, <laughs> it's on my bucket list because I live here. I never get to go there to stay. But yeah. uh, um, I, I've had several, several um, people who stayed there who, who tell me, tell me that the place is. Um, well, it's partially haunted, but it's. I've got an old rancher story for you, Todd. Okay. When we were shooting high chaparral, that was the bar was one of the main water holes for everybody, and one of the one of the stunt guys on there, and I can't remember his name right now. He became a stunt coordinator, but uh, he talked one of the one of the uh, cowboy extras, a guy named Billy Joe Roberts, into riding his horse into the bar. <laughs> And so you've got a horse in the bar at the El Rancho story. Well, and of course, the bartender looked at the horse when he rode up and said, So, why the long face? Yeah, we don't yeah. get many horses in here. Right? Oh, well, and you won't at these prices. <laughs> now, Bob, I, now, now I'm getting down to the serious, the serious stuff. I, okay. I heard something about a rock throwing incident in March of 2006. Uh, can you illuminate our listeners out there to this nefarious deed? Yeah, do you have an affidavit of that? <laughs> yes. Or an alibi? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so, um, you don't have to talk. Me, you know, you, the, you can the, take uh, the fifth. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I, I, I well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the whole story. Well, okay. Start the, the, parts of it the um the gallup independent our newspaper um i think was was the only newspaper in the united states that published the cartoons about the prophet muhammad um which created a world which were creating at that time a worldwide controversy that muslims Mm -hmm. were um uh, protesting that derogatory cartoons of the prophet muhammad um, were being published in a Danish paper, and um, our our paper in Gallup, which is uh, always always pushes the limits, uh, and there are many 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 good things about our paper because it's it's never dull. <laughs> there's always something of interest <laughs> nice. in it. That's good. Um, but uh, there's a large Muslim population in Gallup, um, and that, that's that's attracted to the uh, Indian jewelry trade. And uh, the Muslims were uh, offended and uh, came to a um, city council meeting to protest. And uh, things kind of uh, spiraled from there. But um, as a joke, I sent an email to the Gallup Independent uh, uh, saying that I had thrown the rocks through the... uh, Independence front door. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, so anyway, never uh, happened. It, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Some people just can't take it. Oh, that, you know that that that's just another example of the thin veil right there. <laughs> if you think about it in a very broad uh, application. Now this is the second one going back into your into your past, but this is not that far back. We're only going back to 2016. Uh, a bin number one six six. I understand you participated in the 
road apple race, a bike race. Is that right? <laughs> yes, that's up in Farmington. That's up in my that's up in my hometown. Yeah. Um, got a nice little bike ride up there. It's up up north of town, and uh, um, yeah, it's a. Um, I like I. That's kind of the one time out of the year I go back up up to, up to my hometown and yeah. ride in the Road Apple Rally bike ride. Well, you know, I, I looked up the, the results and I couldn't find out how you finished. And that's that's what I want to know is, where did you finish in your class? Um, I was, so... Confession is good for the soul. Yeah, so that, I, that would have been... Um, I would have been in the 50 plus, and um, there's not a lot of guys in the 50 plus. I think I was second. That's just a guess. But oh, so do you do that every year, or every year that you can? Um, I go up there. I usually do that race about every third year. Oh, that's cool. Cool. All right. We time, have the time, time. we have the best mountain bike race in in Gallup. That's the 24 hours race. Wow. Up in uh, the four Zuni Mountains, just north of Gallup. Damn, like a Lamar. They have a bunch of great races nice. over there. They got one down in, I, I can't see whether it's Las Cruces or Demi. Mm. That's an endurance race. Nice, nice. Love those things. Shameless promotion time, Bob Rosebro. What's coming up next? Uh, as we know that uh, Climbing Colorado San Juan's a comprehensive guide to hikes, scrambles, and tech climbs comes out uh, in May. What else have you got going? Um, guys, that's it. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm, I'm uh, going to take a little, little bit of a break and, um, and just enjoy the mountains, enjoy the canyons, and, uh, and uh, regroup a little bit before I think about doing any more writing. Uh, Do you have um, any ideas? Uh, what you, is there something that you would like to write that maybe you've not thought about or uh, that has been on the back burner? Um. I've, I've got one, but I'm going to keep it under wraps. I don't okay. want to. <laughs> okay, that, that's fair. That's, that's the fair. best kind. The, one, the ones you, you, you tease people with it. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, I, I... One, thing, one thing I would say about Gallup, and you guys are a good example of this. Um, uh, it seems like everybody who's been to Gallup has a story. Um, yeah. you can, when you come to, when, to, when you come to Gallup, I think you're going to uh, experience something a little bit out of the ordinary, and uh, and um, and it's also amazing just how almost everybody at one point or another in their life has has been through Gallup and or stopped here. What's the population of Gallup? A little days. over twenty thousand, and Perfect. pretty static. It's, yeah, uh, that's a good population. And ha- has been for quite a while. Well, that's the has whole state of New Mexico is static. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like static, though. I love static. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I just I know we're just about out of time. And I just wanted to say that I watched your uh, video that you did with the library, and I learned a bunch of good history in there. Unfortunately, we don't have time because I... W- wanted to talk to you about the 1935 coal, coal riot, so maybe right. we'll another time. for another day. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Bob Rosebro, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we had a fun. ton of ton of fun. That's it for this edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. What are we doing next week? I have absolutely no clue. 
Yeah, we're looking for henchmen all week. So <laughs> if we can get them out of jail, we'll tell you. We'll look for henchmen. There you go. Well, 78, 79, and 80 Gallipos. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Fonzink's Voices of the West.